Did you do anything fun this weekend? Yeah. Okay, what? I watered my succulents with a half-empty LaCroix. Okay, that is not <laughs> a story. I felt, I was like, this is the height of, tr- like, hipster trash. Like, I don't identify as a hipster, but, like, I had a LaCroix that was, like, flat. Mm-hmm. Do you know what LaCroix Yeah, LaCroix? I do. Yeah. My mom calls it LaCroix water. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and then I was going to throw it away, and I was like, I'll just water my succulents with it. And then I was like, wow, I should just jump in an Instagram filter and mm. settle in for the rest of my life. <laughs> Beautiful. Put in a like put on a nice record. Yeah. Sorry. No, like what anything fun happened yes, this okay, weekend. Okay, okay. So I was at my friend had this my friend's boyfriend hosted a party. Mm. And I get there and he's like, Can I get you you a drink? And I was like, sure. And so they had a keg and I was like I'm afraid, but I'm a senior in high school, and this is, like, the first party I'm at. Oh, no! Okay. It's not true. I was just, like, there's... Kegs are just rarely at parties. Okay. Because a lot of landlords are, like, you can't have them. Oh, gosh. So he comes back, and, like, we're chatting and stuff, and I'm, like, drinking this beer, and I'm, like, this isn't shitty. Like, I expected it to taste, like, bad water, because it's a keg. Yeah. And then I drink this one, and I'm, like, this is really... Just, like, really... piss water. Yeah. Okay. And then I was drinking, and I was, like, this is really good. And then I'm like, Sam, what is this? And he's like, ah, it's just, and he like mumbled. And then um, I was like, what? And then um, his girlfriend and I was like, it's a Sun King keg, which is like (laughs) craft beer. Yes. So I was like, wow, this is so, this is peak college. Supreme. I felt like. Supreme queen. Yeah. I felt like Tom Haberford in um, Parks and Rec. But what? Like just. That you like, just that like living Tom, it up. No, and... I didn't feel like Tom Haberford. I just felt like he was Tom Haberford. Haberford was hosting oh. because Tom Haberford. Wow, I can't say it. Haberford. Haberford um, would totally Huffies. host a party with a with a craft beer keg. Yes, I support it. So if anybody's if anybody's listening, it's like we're like on some island. If anybody's listening, come save us, J.K. <laughs> um, but those that are listening, uh, craft. Uh, <laughs> What is it? Sun King is a craft brewery in Indy. Yeah. Um, but I love craft beer. One of my favorites is Lakefront out of Milwaukee, where mm. I'm from, MKE 414. And <laughs> it's del- freaking delicious. And they have one of the best brewery tours I've ever been on. Hmm. It's super raunchy. It's super hysterical. A lot of the people that they get to do the tours are local comedians. And oh, so that only cool. like not only are they getting paid to do these tours, but they also like go down the street and do some um, stand-up comedy. It's awesome. I freaking love it. Um, I feel like we talk about beer a lot on this podcast. Fun. Oh, shower beer. Yeah. I've gotten a lot of feedback from friends on the shower beer thing, and they're always like, "What? <laughs> what are you talking about?" Mm, people just need to try it. it people just, just need to do it. Me to do it more often. Except I left the beer bottle in the shower caddy once, and my roommate was like. Do we need to have a talk? Oh, no. <laughs> She's like, why the hell is there a beer bottle in the shower caddy? Mm. And I was like, um, no reason. <laughs> Maybe we need to rename our podcast Queers and Beers. Oh. <laughs> well, on that note, welcome to Queerda. I have a hula hoop in the studio right now. Um, for the whole episode, I'm actually... Just standing up and hula hooping? <laughs> yeah. I can't hula hoop. I can't hula hoop for shit. Like, it's Actually, bad. me either. I lied. There's the hula hoop. You know, you probably would hear it, because it's going to be like that. 
Do you do you have any Sounds. friends that are like hoopers? Like you know what I'm talking about? Like the, there's like people who like hoop. Acquaintances that hoop, and they specifically yeah. hoop at concerts, and that's it. Yeah. Or like open grass areas. Yeah. And then you've got like a, and then like when I think of like a hooper, I think of somebody that's hooping, and then like ten feet away is somebody that's got that's slacklining, and then like right around the corner is somebody that is like got a hammock in two in between two trees and just chilling and reading and like having a beer by their side. I do have a slack line though. So we're we're you like do? one third of the way of the Hooper can culture. You, can you do the slack line all the way across? No, I suck at it, okay. but I love it. It's it's so freaking difficult. There's like groups on campus that do it when it's nice. You can't do it on campus. Really? Yeah. Because there was that bug that came around on campus like a couple years ago that um, infected trees. And so uh, the trees aren't stable enough to uphold or like keep up a, a slack line or even a, a hammock. I know that students still do it, but you're not supposed to. Interesting. But in Boulder, <laughs> where I worked a couple years ago, everywhere. Everybody was hammocking. Everybody was slacking. Don't start me. Don't start. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. No. Shut up. Just kidding. <laughs> All right. So welcome to the Queerdom again as we are just rambling on. Um, so this episode, we're going to take it in a different turn. We're going to begin with a different segment and then transition into our main topic. But our main topic is going to be sort of a stream of consciousness instead of it of us like listing off things or talking specifically about um, items. We will just kind of have a regular convo. And at the end, of course, we're going to be giving the throne to something or someone or whatever. But let's begin with our first, our new, our first segment of this podcast, but our new segment. What the fake? What the fake? And so we're, the reason why we're doing this is just kind of mix it up a little. But there's there's this weird enticing idea around fake news right now mm-hmm. that I think both both Hannah and I think it's just kind of funny. It's like fake news has been around for the ages and people are so captured by this idea of oh, there's fake news. Hello, there's been the National Enquirer forever. Like, Wait, of course there's been, been fake news. What's the National Enquirer? It's like a magazine that's... Oh, um, that's just like professional lying. Yeah, and it's like you'll find it at any grocery store next to People magazine. Well, like, okay, there is fake news, like, The Onion is satire, but then, like, it's scary that we have a president that's conflating, like, The New York Times and CNN as fake news. Fake news, right. Yeah. So we're going to poke some fun at it. Yeah, so we got a little game show going on, and do you want to talk about the rules? Yeah, so we're going to do, it's, Seth and I are going to read three things that are, like, uh, news headlines. And or news stories, and one of them is true, two of them are fake, and so each of us have to guess. We're gonna do do that two times. Yeah. So I'm gonna go first. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Number one. In Florida, they've discovered a species of alligator that is orange, and they call it the Trumpigator. <laughs> Does it have like a coiffed hair as well? <laughs> I think it's funny because like it's funny to think like did she make did she take the time to make this up or like is it actually true like it's funny in both ways so number two 
Nebraska lawmakers want women to create log of sexual encounters to give to their doctors. Uh. Number three. Sky Zone, that like trampoline thing, mm-hmm. finds, found a snake in their phone pit at one of their locations. I think that B is the true nope. news. No! Oh, it's so, it just feels so real right now that it would happen. Yeah. To be honest, I made it up, but like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's real. So. But, Which one's um, the real one? Trumpigator. No! I mean, that's so funny, though. An no! Orange, an orange crocodile, they're calling it the Trumpigator. I mean, that's not as, like, scientific. Thing. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah, no. Oh. Okay. Okay, so. A. Texas hunters accidentally shot each other and tried to blame Mexican immigrants. <gasps> this reminds me. I have a news thing to add. Okay. B. Gay man makes Trump dolls dressed as RuPaul drag race, drag race queens. Or C. Education bill requires guardian signature to learn about condom usage and sex ed classes. Jeez. The first one is real. The first one is real. Yay! <laughs> so wait, they shot each other? Yeah. Did they die? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I just saw it today and I was like, that's hysterical and also sad. Dang. But. Okay, can I make an interjection? Yeah. This isn't part of my fake news. What's up, girl? This is real news that I found out recently. <gasps> Do you remember the dentist that, like, killed the lion? Yes. He died. Like, the guy died. And he he was hunting. He was on a hunt. And he fell, like, 100 feet into a ravine to his death. (laughs) Which, I'm not laughing. That wasn't me laughing. But, like, karma. (laughs) Karma is a... B.I. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> um, if you can't, like, yeah, you can't okay. see my face, but it's like, I've got, like, pursed lips, and I'm just like, mm, mm, mm. Okay, your next question of what the fake. All right. Okay. Mars, the candy company, mm-hmm. created Skittles, um, originally uh, meant for cattle. Okay. Pence found to have extensive anime collection. What kind of anime do? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I never heard you laugh like that. Okay, and then uh, three, woman boycotting gay bar. F- oh, this is in Indiana. Indiana woman boycotting gay bar for queer presence because she didn't know it was a gay bar. <laughs> the last one. Is fake? Is true. No, it's false. Which one's the true one? <laughs> Skittles were originally meant for cattle. Okay, did you hear about the Skittles thing that happened in Wisconsin, though? No. So, they, if they have, if Skittles has a mistake on their, like, Skittles, so, like, their S or whatever, they'll melt down the the Skittles and use the high fructose corn syrup in, like, cattle feed and that kind of stuff or whatever, yeah. That's and so what weird. happened was is there was this, this, another news story, which sounds fake, but there was this semi that, um that like skidded off the road and like tons of skittles just like and it was all red skittles just like (laughs) fell into like the side of the road yeah yeah wow i would love to be on the side of that road i love skittles i love sour skittles oh god okay 
Those are too much. My next question of what the fake is what the frick? A furry conference evacuated because of a chlorine gas attack. What the hell? I'm going to be concerned if that's true, but I'm also going to be concerned if that's fake and you thought of that. B. Popsicle edibles found in a children's candy shop in North Carolina. Hmm. C. Intercepted phone calls between North Korea and Italy show critical info about wine imports. That's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Okay, what's the true one? I feel like the first one's true. The furry... Yeah, it actually is. Oh, my God. (laughs) This happened like a year ago. (laughs) But in reality, North Korea does import a lot. I think a lot of wine. I'm sorry I came for your, like, creative lie. (laughs) (laughs) That's boring. That one's probably true. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) So, yeah. So that was our little game show of... What the fake? What the what the fake? Wait, so you came up with popsicle edibles, but you put it in North Carolina? Yeah, because of all places, I was like, where could they accidentally have popsicle edibles, and it would like make news, possibly. Uh, true, true. And then I was wa- was listening to this um, with the one for the educational like thing about condoms. Um, I was listening to a radio station a couple of days ago and found out that Indiana's laws around sex ed education in high schools is abstinence-only laws. And that if teachers talk about different types of sex ed, then they could get fired or get fined. I had abstinence-only. Oh. Yeah. I think I learned... I don't remember. We never had we never had condoms. We never we learned reproductive system, but mm. we never learned sex ed. We learned I mean actually, everything. Actually, we learned dating we learned about dating and how to like p- like properly ask people questions and like we went on like speed dating. We had like a speed dating game. We talked about condoms. We talked a lot about drugs. A lot a lot about drugs. That's really weird. Um, not weird. but then we also talked about like different types of sex. Like crew sex? No, like, oh. well, butthole sex, mouth sex. Okay, but and like then, not queer sex. No, not, not specifically, but, like, we talked about, like, anal sex, yeah, um, blowjobs, all that kind of stuff, and then okay. um, vaginal intercourse and, like, that kind of thing. So, like, we talked all about it, and, like, I thought that was really interesting. Grade? This was freshman year of high school, so ninth grade. Okay, so, like, I had a seventh grade health class and then a sophomore year health class. And I don't think we learned about it. Like, we never, ever had, like, comments in the classroom or anything. But oh. that's because it's, like, Indiana. That's mm. my Indiana public education employer. Yeah. Um, okay, what's our... What are we moving to next? So we're going to our main topic. Oh, yay. Our so stream excited. of consciousness. So do you want to introduce it? Yeah, I'm really excited. So today we're going to talk about queer friendship. Yes! Which, I think I kind of want to preface this um, by saying, I don't know if I said this in the last episode, so stop me if I have, but, like, the term bisexual is very, like, prescriptive because it 
like seems like it's like directly commenting on like who I have sex with mm. and so like that's not that's not how I want my sexuality to be perceived because it's not just that like that is a facet of it that's a very small component yeah yeah, yeah. but like the larger component is like who I um am drawn to socially who I get along with like because like part of my identity is like I, I'm not into a lot of straight dudes like I'm just not um but I ain't I, like, feeling you yeah <laughs> so like and so like a problem I had in high school is I had a crush on a lot of um a lot of like my queer guy friends who like weren't interested in women um so like in that line it's like it's cool to talk about queer friendship because like there is a whole other part of being queer which is like the queer community yeah and it's not just about who you're sleeping with which is i think what straight people really consider to be all the Uh, queer community exactly okay i was like i was like where are you getting to hannah and then okay yeah but no i think that's really important to kind of talk about is that like when people do think about the lgbt plus community it's solely about sex, which is really unfortunate because, and like the act of sex, which is really unfortunate because the LGB is around sexual orientation and T is around gender. And so yeah. people really, it's people, like not... people's, it's very, it's not an expansive thought process when people think yeah. about it. And that's why I really do enjoy like the terminology GSRM. So gender yeah. and sexuality, gender, sexuality, and relationship minorities. Yeah. Um, now, do I like the the word minority? Not always, but I think in this context, it, it can be quite powerful. Um, but but talking about queer friendships, I think is incredibly vital because, and and it would also be sort of irresponsible of us to not talk about it um, because it's so important. And I think you're saying it's so vital to if you are part of the LGBT plus community to your to who you are and how you function. And there's this common thing within um, it, within like queer culture is that you have your family, but then you have your family. And your family are those who are you're really close with and they're not blood related. Um, they could be, but um, generally aren't. And they're the people that you go to clubs with. They're the people that you talk about your about other topics with. And they're, they're people that you get close with and, and really do feel like they are blood related, mm-hmm. um, but aren't. Yeah. Uh, so I'm so excited to talk about queer friendships because I know that they've been a big part into the development of my own queer identity, mm-hmm. um, and then just as my overall me, me being Seth. Yeah. So. Um, <clears throat> and I like what you said about like I don't necessarily feel the same, like. I don't feel like I necessarily have, like, a family because I don't have, like, a group of queer friends. Mm -hmm. It's just, like, I have a lot of really close friends, but they they all don't know each other, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But when I was thinking, when we were coming up with this topic, like, um, I was, I took a second and I thought, and I was like, I think 90% of my best friends are queer. Like, and it's just, that's just how it happens. Like... And it's just like how I said in the last episode where, like, I didn't feel like I had a lot of specifically queer pop culture interests mm-hmm. until I really looked at it. And I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of do. Um, but, yeah, I think that's really, it's really neat. Nice. Um, 
I don't know where do we want to start. I don't know. Is there any other? Has there ever been, or is there somebody that like when you think of a queer like a queer friendship, um, that that like one person comes to mind? Uh, I think like three. Three. Okay. So like, um, I don't know. Are we using names? We can if we want to, but mm, whatever. I I'll just not use names. Um, so, like, one of my friends is really great because they're, like, neuroatypical, like myself, Mm -hmm. and they're queer, and we kind of have this, a similar sexuality, different gender identities because they're kind of questioning right now. Okay. Um, but what's cool is, like, we, like, bond over things like that, and, like, they were, like... Around the neuroatypical kind of uh, identity and that kind of thing? Yeah, that, and then also... Like, they were like, I think I want to try out using they, them pronouns. And I was oh, perfect. like, cool, use them. Like, you can try out anything you want with me. So that's cool. And it's just like, I don't know. I think, like, there's this, like, culture right now of, like, yeah, we have people like Tommy Warren who are like, you're a special snowflake, blah, blah, blah. And so, like, liberals feel real self-consciousness. Oh, yeah. And so <clears> it's <throat> like. I feel a self-consciousness and feel kind of extra when I, like, would prefer, like, certain um, affirmations or certain, like, things that make me comfortable. But, like, this friend is, like, so unquestioning. Like, if I if anything would make me comfortable, then they'd do it. So. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I know for me, um, one person comes to mind, and that's just because... We're so open with talking about anything and any everything in regards to our own personal relationships with, like, with somebody. And we'll, we will talk about, I mean, like, everything. And we, I know I've talked to you, Hannah, about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, we'll talk about, like, sex things all the time. And, yeah, I'm bringing up, like, yeah, we're talking about, like, how, like, queer friend like... I mean, that's part of it, though. But, yeah. And so, like, but we'll talk about, like, them doing certain things and they're, like, both of our fetishes and... Um, everything that we enjoy, everything that we don't enjoy, and it's so liberating. Um, yeah, because it normalizes it. Yeah, we'll talk about, like, dildos and safe sex and um, concerning sex. And <laughs> like, um, I don't know. Like, are there cruising apps for women? I think there are. No, like, but there's websites. I think they, are, oh, they exist. Oh, maybe there is. There's an app for everything, so probably. Yeah. Um, But then another friend that I have um, that I really, like, that is not actually, that that it doesn't identify in the LGBT plus community is my sister and it sounds weird that like she's part of like my queer friendships but I mean because she is an ally and an advocate um it's it's just great because I can talk to her about anything I can talk have questions and and ask her things and um and throw things back Mm -hmm. at her and um and it's just it's wonderful to to have that so yeah for sure yeah do you ever um find yourself only relying on queer friendships at times <laughs> I did after the election <laughs> yes um I think I do in times of like 
real tragedy, like when Pulse happened, mm-hmm. I really withdrew into those circles. Um, and then I also, like, they're my fun people. Like, they're the people that, like, if I'm going to go out, like, we're going to go out together and I can, like, it's like, I can dress how I want. It's, I undul- can act it's unadulterated. Yeah, it's I can just, act how I want. yeah. Like, it doesn't matter. And it's like, and I know that I also have straight friends that are, like, accept me for who I am. Um, and I, I feel similarly to them, about them as well. But it's like, I was talking to a friend recently and there's this like thing that I heard that some college women did at this university where they just had a girls night. So like they had a house party, but it was girls only, but it was like a hundred women. I think I heard this story. Well, and she, can you elaborate? It like, um, was cool because it was just like, without like the presence of like particularly straight men at the Mm -hmm. party, like there was like just a more ease in the atmosphere. Okay. Because like party settings are really weird usually just because of the way like gender and a sex and like definitely like the way people want to like pick other people up. So it's just like it's really interesting. And kind of like hookup culture yeah, and yeah, like yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I know for me, especially during times of distress, uh, I will rely on my queer friendships. Um, and like you're talking about Pulse. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I contacted every single friend. I, uh, asking them how they were doing. They're asking me how I was doing. Um, but then in cell and like in also times of celebration, like I want to be surrounded by them because I feel as though I can be my true, most authentic self without any hesitation because I know that there will be no hesitance from those friends to to not validate me they will always validate me um and it's just it's beautiful um i know one thing for me when it comes to queer friendships is that when i was living in boulder a lot of my colleagues and peers and when i was a professional out there i'm pretty sure it had to been like 90 percent of my peers that were in the same position as I was identified, um, as queer and or trans. Um, and it was one of the, I will, I think I will never, if I did not have that experience of being surrounded by people, I would not be where I am today with how knowledgeable I am about certain things, how, accepting and celebratory I am about certain things and um and then how I critically think about things when it comes to inclusive things whether that's on campus or um just around society and especially in regards to uh sexual orientation and gender um it we would just hash out things we would dissect things together during lunch or in office hours or when we went to go grab drinks later in the weekend during the weekend and um and it was it was so wonderful um and i think that that speaks to having friendships with people of differing identities Mm -hmm. um 
whether that's race, socioeconomic status, gender, um, religion, spirituality, so on and so forth, is having these different components um, coming into play and deepening conversations, deepening thought processes is so important. And, and I think a lot of that, a lot of where I am today is due to those queer friendships when I was in Boulder. Yeah. It was amazing. And it still and it is because I'm still friends year. with them. It was only a year. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something. Oh, did you ever, like, were you ever familiar with, like, Tumblr language? Like, do you know what Squish is? No. Okay, my friend was telling me about it. There's, like, a lot of queer Tumblr phrases and stuff. Oh. And so, like, a squish is when you, like, have a cr- friend crush on someone. And you, like, it's just, like, you really, really, really want to be friends with them. But And so, like, it's a little bit confusing whether or not you're, like, do I like this person or do I want to be friends with them? And so it's called a squish. Yes. Okay, so I've had that kind of, I've, ne- I've never used that word. But I had that kind of like connection with somebody, and they were in France. <laughs> Wait, were you in France? <laughs> no, I was here in the United States, and we were just like chit chatting, and they were like posting all these like things, and I was like, "This is so interesting," oh and I messaged them, and and it like unfortunately like our sexual interests were not the same. So <laughs> well, wait, but like a squish is platonic, like social. Oh. So a squish is like, a squish is different from a crush because a crush is like you're interested in them, you want to date them. Oh. But a squish is like, a squish is like you just like really want to be someone's friend. Maybe then that was it. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Then I guess that was it. Has that ever happened to you on the Tums? Tumblr? No. Mm. I wasn't like a Tumblr. I didn't use Tumblr very much. Um, but the Tumblr that I experienced was very like straight, skinny white women and, like, cigarettes. <laughs> like, that's and the cigarettes. Tumblr culture that I saw <laughs> for, like, a week, and I was like, all right, I'm over this. Like, like a lot of pictures. Oh, my gosh. A lot of pictures of, like, people's, like... Film noir. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of people, a lot of pictures of, like, buildings or, like, I don't know, just aesthetic. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, I just wanted to bring up this question. thing. That's amazing. So... We're almost done with our little session, and the last thing that I kind of wanted to talk about was, um, where do you see your like queer friendships kind of going in the future? Like, oh, that's a great question. Um, and with like current trends of like of 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 queer and transness being more out in the open, yeah. being more public than ever. Um, one thing I think is like as I've gotten older, my friends have just gotten queerer. So, like, not, like, the people that I used to know a long time ago have gotten queer. It's, like, the new friends and the new people I'm drawn to are queer. So it's, like, my my last relationship was to, like, the guy that I dated was queer. And so, like, we were both, but everyone perceived us as, like, a guy and a girl heterosexual couple, Mm -hmm. which is, like, "Mm, by visibility, 2017. Um... (laughs) Well, 2016, we're not dating anymore. But, um, <laughs> and so, like, I think just as I've gotten older, and, like, the funny thing is, is, like, not only am I just drawn to queerer people, mm-hmm. just because, like, I think that's where my, like, true self lies. Got it. Um, people also, like, feel very comfortable coming out to me if they're not out to the public and, like, 
that's happened like two or three times and I just really like love that because mm-hmm. it like like to me before I was completely out which I'm not even completely out to some people um from my past um people that I felt comfortable being out to were people that I really respected and valued nice. and so when I get that in return it feels nice that, that validation station that's um, supposed to be a train. It didn't really work. I, I have a train whistle when I was a child. Like, a, like it was like a wooden block, and it was like, Aww, and you like blew into funny. it. It was it was obnoxious. Um, for me, I think being connected to people, um, and and being visibly and verbally, um, queer in front of people, mm. and uh, especially to those who identify as, um, straight. Um, and sort of queering those relationships is where I see myself in the future. I see myself, of course, surrounding myself around with other queer and trans people. Um, and But I feel like the trend for me or like my future is me queering other spaces as I go into them. Oh, cool. Um, and I find that I found that this has been happening with some of my friends who are straight that we'll have conversations and then they'll begin to like partner up with of course other straight people and but then those people that they're partnering up with are verbally validating of the LGBT plus community and will like will emphatically want to go to pride celebrations will emphatically want to go to or talk about queer things or trans topics mm. or um and that's where I kind of like see my future like the future of my of queer friendships is I'm the one that's queering these other relationships yeah. so is my existence an act of resistance am I queering the space rhetorically uh sir this is an Applebee's <laughs> Sometimes I think that when I go into a Chick-fil-A. JK, Chick-fil-A. Um, I used to think it was Chick-a-fil-a. Oh, honey. Honey. <laughs> okay. okay, so we are on our last segment, which is The Throne. Which we just want to give a shout out to another round. We definitely took inspiration from that podcast yes. um, for this segment and a lot of our segments. Yeah. Just in general. We like you. <laughs> Listen to them. Okay. <laughs> They're amazing. So what's your, who are you giving the throne to? Passing the throne to? Giving the throne. Oh my God. Oh, we got to get this down. Um, so yeah, I'm giving the throne to live concerts. Oh yeah. They, I went to a concert this past weekend and my neck is incredibly sore because I was like rocking it out and I was having a fan freaking fantastic time. But for me, live concerts... And I was trying to explain this to somebody over the um, last week. Is that like live music is is so important to me uh, because it it I feel like I can be my whole self, and it revitalizes me. It makes me feel whole. It makes me feel confident. I um, and it's. It's just something that is so core to who I am that if I don't do it and if I go for a long period of time without going to live music, mm-hmm. um, I will feel very, I, I will feel 
a little sad. I will feel. That's cool. I'll, I'll feel a weird way that I don't really can't describe, but it's such a going to live music is such an experience that my every single sense is involved. Every piece of me is involved and I can just let go and be part of the music, be with those people that are around me. I mm-hmm. love talking to people That's around awesome. me, seeing where they're like, where did you come from? Where did you travel to? So these people from Knoxville came uh, to a concert in Indy this past weekend. Wow. And, and I'm connecting with people of different ages. I met somebody and became friends with somebody that was 16. I'm 24. Yeah. Um, and are it you? just, it was just, what? Are you an extrovert? I would say that yes, I get energy from around people or when I'm with people. Do you know your Myers-Briggs? Yes, but I don't believe in the, these okay. things. Okay, w- what is it? It's ENFP. Oh, I'm ENFP too. Oh! Even though you don't believe in it. I believe in it, but then I also feel that yes. like people... Overemphasize it? I feel like humans really want to learn more Box. about themselves oh, yeah. and are very interested in... And that's why I think people are, love horoscopes and they're like tell me more about myself like give me more clarity about who i am in my future and i think that's fine because i love a good horoscope and i like geek the fuck out when my horoscope aligns with my day and i'm like somebody new <laughs> so yes live music love it i will always go to it i just it is it's awesome it gives me everything okay so who are you giving the throne to who's gonna sit in the in the throne with the with the crown and a staff. I'm giving it to a verb. A verb. Um, it's called getting back on the horse. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what? Just getting back on the throne. No, it's getting back on a horse on a throne. So the horse is standing in the throne, and then you you get back on it. I'm just mm. kidding. Um, mostly just cause like uh, it got rejected from grad school, mm. and that sucks. And it's okay to be like, oh, that sucks. Um, but it's also like rejection is a sign that you're doing things with your life. Yes. So that's a cool way of thinking about it. Yeah. It's like you're, if you weren't doing anything, you wouldn't get rejected. So if you're like taking risks and some of them don't work out, well, fine. Yeah. And I, there's a a phrase that you came up with, not getting back on the horse, but like the rejection means that you're doing something. Um, I've heard it before. I think I heard it from a friend cause like I write. And so I submit to places, mm-hmm. and so does he. And like he was getting consistent rejections, which is just kind of gets you down. But like you have to accept that in the art world. Like you, if you do anything creative, you have to get used, get a thick skin, and get used to rejection. And so it's like the good thing about rejection means you're trying. Yeah, it means you're doing something, right? Yeah. That's a cool exactly. way to think about it. Um, I know for me, rejection when I was when I was wanting to do art was very difficult. Um, but if I had, if I reframed the mindset of rejection to like what you were talking yeah. about, I think then possibly I would have stuck with art. Now I don't regret switching my studies and that kind of thing, but, yeah. um, that's a, that's a cool way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also what you do with that rejection too. Yeah. So, yep. Well, congrats for still applying to things. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I still have, like, quite a few more schools to hear from, but, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, everyone who tuned in to this episode. Whoop, whoop. We've got some homework to do, so um, you can follow us at underscore queerdom on Twitter. Um, follow us at, fa- or at queerdom on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, this episode was... Written and produced by 
Hannah Schneider. And Seth Kemper. And wonderful production help by... Henry Tegler. And then um, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, um, and as well as SoundCloud. And then also, like, that's a great way to just, like, always know when we're going to come out with new things is just subscribe, and then it'll show up on your phone. Yep. And then if you want to follow us individually, oh, yeah. you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Seth Kempfer. So it's S-E-T-H-K-A-E-M-P-F-E-R. Thank you, Germans, for a complicated last name. <laughs> and then mine is um, at ha 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 Hannah E-S-S uh, for Twitter. And then my uh, Instagram is Amazing Spider Hand. Thank you, sophomore in high school, Hannah, for a complicated handle. All right, Bonanza and Scooter, signing out. Out.